0: Please listen carefully. Welcome to the Cultural Stew Podcast, coming to you from the Goat Factory Media Entertainment Studios. We are your cultural media recommendation podcast, giving you our take on what we think is worth carving your time out for, and also what we think you can pass on and maybe go cut that lawn instead. Warning, we use adult language, and there may be spoilers ahead. Hello and welcome. My name is Ron Herkins Jr. And welcome to episode six of the Cultural Stew for the week of March 18th, 2018. I am here with my co-hosts. Tony Carter. And?
1: Valerie Vidmar.
0: How are you guys doing today?
2: Doing all
1: right. Well, tired.
0: Well, tired. Tired and well. Today we are going to talk about a little news we care about. We got some uh, DC news, some Marvel news, um, some nostalgic news. So- A couple of our recommendations of the week, uh, whether they are good or bad, Ghost Story, Tomb Raider, and Jumanji's latest introduction, uh, Welcome to the Jungle. And then we're going to stroll on into today's stew. Can we trust the movie trailers? The truth in advertising. And kind of go through and discuss movie trailers. So not one particular media this week, but kind of a mishmash of things that we decided to talk about. So, what big things happened this week? Um, I know one, uh, last week we were talking about her latest flick, Wrinkle in Time, Ava DuVernay, Duvernay, um, just got hired to be DC's director for The New Gods, a new superhero flick from DC.
2: Anthony, how do you feel about this? I mean, I know why she did what she did. So it's that whole, like... Waiting and waiting and waiting for her, I guess. But I would have picked Marvel over DC. But then she also wanted to do Wrinkle in Time. So I guess you pick your battles or you pick your passion projects. Ones that you know you actually can deal with for a long time. So I don't blame her, but
1: it's weird.
2: It's a little weird
0: to me. It's a little weird. Um, Why? Why is it weird? Yeah. Because DC has been a shit show. You know, as we discussed last week. she wants to bring it back. Oh. She, had, gu- she had the opportunity to get Black Panther. And I think she, you know, she got her in with Disney with Wrinkle in Time. And I think she had her opportunity. Do you know the to, backstory
1: story of the Wrinkle in Time? The backstory was that she read it when she was a kid. And she wrote Walt Disney saying she wanted to make this movie. He died weeks later. Um, and then it, it, it came... Up later, and she got her to do the movie. I mean, she's wanted to make this movie since she was in sixth grade. So the fact that it was it came up for her, and then she got this huge, uh, well, uh, budget to make it. I mean, I don't know. It seemed like it was meant for her to do.
2: Well, Judy Blume, if you're listening, I want to do *Super fudge and *Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing*.
1: Are you being? A J- I'm not S-
2: serious. Those are my favorite books okay. of all time. I,
0: I just, th- I just think it's to me. It's just it's. Odd, because she had an in with Disney, and she basically had her pick of doing any film in the Marvel Universe that she wanted to do. She could have picked and the Black Widows. have picked the Black she picked Wrinkle
1: in Time over a Marvel movie.
0: No, 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 no. I'm talking about going forward. Yeah. I'm not talking about Wrinkle in Time. I'm saying that is what she chose, so she went with Wrinkle in Time. But now for her next film, she's moving over to DC Universe and directing New Gods, which is a... Pretty much, unless you're a really big comic book, you have no clue what New Gods is. What is it? Steppenwolf um, in the latest Justice League, the bad guy in Justice League. You haven't seen Justice League. So (laughs) Steppenwolf is is the big baddie in there. And it just basically goes off on like all the new gods that Steppenwolf. um, Steppenwolf is a... It's a band. It's a band. It's a a
2: theater in Chicago. Pretty awesome.
0: Yes. But it's just, it's an oddity to me to choose that over... Choosing something and also choosing a a property such as Marvel that has been proving of good stuff over and over, and, and she wants not challenge. You can have the challenge. I'm just saying it. In my opinion, I think it was the wrong choice.
2: I would have fostered my relationship with Disney with Disney more. and strengthened yeah. that
0: instead of walking away from Disney and saying so, yeah. possibly putting them on the back burner and backside in any future projects. Wouldn't
2: it be like a conflict of interest to cross over? I mean, Joss has done it, but wouldn't that be weird to go from DC? Joss cut to all
0: ties when he went over. Right. He's, he can't come back over to the Marvel world. You guys in your first
1: name basis, Joss. We didn't. Eh, why not?
0: Buffy, the vampire slayer. Thank you. Angel, oh. Firefly, <laughs> Dollhouse. So, uh, tell the tell. I mean, Patty Jenkins is, did well with Wonder Woman. And Wonder, Wonder, know, Wonder I, Woman 2 is coming out. This been As confirmed. we discussed, we, we need more women directors stepping up and... <laughs> doing whatever they want to do yeah so i don't have an issue with that i just have an issue with what was chosen because i don't think the new god story is one that needs to be Told told well because they need to strengthen the they need to strengthen the big characters and they've kind of destroyed the big characters
2: their foundation has been destroyed Come on, you guys. It's true. All we'll right. see
1: what happens. I don't want to see what happens. Oh, my gosh. Uh, what
2: else? What else we got for news out there? Uh, locally, local news. Uh, Jiva has cast Eve Plum, Jan Brady, uh, and still Magnolias. So we have a name, a big name coming to Rochester. Uh, last year, I think we had her sister, Marsha, in town for a event. She was speaking. So now we have Marsha and who we had, I think, what was his name? Um. Uh, the brother Greg really uh, he was here for a uh, Fest fundraiser event mm-hmm. a couple of years ago so we we're getting all the Brady's pretty soon in town but Eve will be here for a month and a half probably for still Magnolias so that's exciting what character uh, let's see I didn't write it down but I should have one of the main ones but one of the main ones
1: that was, that's hilarious <laughs>
0: <laughs> well they're, the not gonna, they're not going to cast her as one of the actresses yeah. in the background yeah.
1: there aren't any
2: there are. There's a few little.
1: Bits. There's okay. Whatever. Uh, moving on.
2: And the trailer for Infinity War, the second trailer and final trailer for Infinity War dropped, and it's pretty awesome, pretty sweet, a lot of eye candy, but a lot of good story going forward, and that's phenomenal. Now I'm, we have to wait. I'm pretty excited for. it. I
0: got my tickets for opening night. He so. did.
1: He when did. is it? Opening April
0: day? 26th. The date. It technically it opens April 27th, but opening night is the night before. So how, it's April 26th. how are you seeing it? How am I seeing it? I'm going IMAX to, 2D? No, they do not have this one coming out in 2D and IMAX. So you're doing 3D? 3D. No. Ooh, no, no. I'm 3D. going to the regular. Are heard showing.
1: So no IMAX? No IMAX, no. Hmm. Okay.
0: I, w- I won't see a 3D film just to see a 3D film.
1: Some movies are made to be in 3D.
0: Avatar was an exception. Right.
2: Some are made to be in 3D. This was not made to be in 3D. No. Okay. A lot of films are being turned 3D. which they Like some Disney films are being How converted. How do we
1: know to- if it's made to be, it'll say, made for 3D?
0: There's very few like out there. Like the last one that was really, I think, made in IMAX for specifically 3D was probably Transformers last okay. year
1: Did you see because frozen, they, <laughs> frozen was beautiful in 3d and
0: the, the imax equipment is very expensive to film in and 3d imax means you have two imax cameras next to each other filming which so the costs are insane so you're only going to see a major huge blockbuster pretty much or a very very small independent how do they make it
1: into 3d then
0: they're offset so the, the camera lenses are just slightly offset do you know what i'm saying
1: how do they make a 2d into 3d that I,
0: it's a part of the post process. They just they go through there and they do digital three D. Okay. They'll pick out certain parts of the film and just say, okay, this is going to be moved up to the front. This is going to move to the back. Okay. They just split a, a cell screen. Okay. A lot of technical stuff in there. Um, I'm also pretty excited for Ready Player One to come out.
2: So How long do we have? Two weeks. Okay.
1: We need yeah. to buy our tickets. You have your tickets for that too?
0: No, I'm gonna. That one's going to have to wait until day of to hopefully me to find some place to swing into.
1: I think it would I spent be
0: fun. my, I spent my pre-advanced ticket money on, uh, Infinity War.
1: I so. want us to go to a movie together and do a, like a Roger Ebert, Ebert. We should, thing. we should do that. I think that'd be fun. Or <laughs> science fiction. You gotta find the right movie. Uh, okay. Also, Next.
2: Danny Boyle has been tapped to direct the latest, And last Bond film with Daniel Craig, he is from Train Spotting, Sunshine, and Train Spotting Two, which was not on my favorite list. And yeah, surprising. So we have a Scotsman taking the helm, and Sam is gone. Sam Mendes, sorry. And I don't know. I'm not. I mean, I like their writing style. I like what they do, but I'm not sure if Danny's right for Bond. It's interesting that this comes two weeks, maybe three
0: weeks from the, what I last heard from actually Christopher Nolan okay. passing on this latest Bond. Okay. Um, he's been talking about wanting to do a Bond film for several years now. Correct. And we thought that, ooh, this is going to be the one. But I'm kind of guessing maybe there might be something between him and Daniel Craig as to him waiting till Craig is gone to come back into the Nolan universe or for Nolan to step in and take the Bond. Right. And there's also been like, you know, talk of Idris Elba being the next Bond. And so that would be interesting. interesting. But um, we have
1: one more with Craig.
0: We do. We get this one more with Craig. And there's t- been like, what, three years since the last one? I think so. So it's been a long process. But um, he's been fighting it. He doesn't want to do it. He's been saying, I don't want to do it. Because he's been he, saying it's like torture. It's torture on his body. The stunts are hell. And he's been getting injured. So, But
2: and it's looking
0: into the future, if no one was to pick one, I, I think Idris Elba would be awesome as Bond. The person I would prefer would be uh, Killian Murphy. I think Killian Murphy would be a pretty awesome Bond, but he's from Peaky Blinders. Okay. Do you know what I'm talking about now? Mm-hmm. Okay. He also played Scarecrow in Batman and Dunkirk sagas.
2: Mm. The murderer in Dunkirk.
0: Yeah, he was the the in Dunkirk. He was the one that they got off the ship and got it. ended up. So. Anything on uh, your list that caught you? Uh,
1: as I was watching, now that we don't know what I was watching, but I was watching something. I think it was had to have been This Is Us, I guess. But that doesn't really make sense. But The Crimes of, she's going to kill me, Grindelwald. Does that sound good? The Crimes of Grindelwald uh, trailer came out, which I had no clue that this was even coming. So when I saw it, I was super excited because my daughter... Is going to flip out Uh, as long as, as well as my sister and my niece. And, you know, um, I'm a Potter. I'm not quite a Potterhead yet. I am.
2: Is that the official name, Potterhead, or is it Pothead? I mean, I haven't heard. It's Potterhead. Okay, because I mean.
1: It's Potterhead. I'm not calling my eight year old child a Pothead.
2: I mean, Redhead (laughs) is our Redhead. So I was just wondering if that was the new name.
1: Um, So I was very excited. I thought the trailer looked, I, I thought the trailer looked good. Did you, did you guys see it at all, or no? I
0: okay. saw it. I mean, I've just, I haven't really, I've watched all the Harry Potter films. Oh, I've that's just right. Neither been, one uh, of you
1: are.
2: I'm not I've huge seen them all. I have slept through some of them, but I, I okay. So You've I slept my, with some my, of them. Nah. <laughs> slept through. My wife, my wife got a which one did you sleep with? Blu-ray <laughs> DVD set from a friend of ours for her birthday, and we. Does Why? she like them? She loves them. She has all the books. And okay, I tried to, really, I was on and off awake and asleep. So mm. I tried. I, I really thought just, it good.
0: It does. But I just, My girls love them. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll watch them because they want to watch them and it's something that keeps their interest. But for me, I can.
1: Well, it brought reading back. I mean, it really did. Those books. Fantastic. Okay.
0: Making reading sexy. It's always a good thing.
2: Well, they had pizza hut now and then. time. Yeah.
1: Okay, moving on. Oh my gosh, I can never win with this group.
2: Well, you said we were trying to win. Side note. Side note. When I was a kid, they had Pizza Hut book program where you read books and oh, then dude. they gave you and you had a personal pan uh, pizza. Yes, yes, yes. That, that's why I read so much. That was awesome. So loved. They're that. bringing it back, but that's a side note. Sorry, Sorry.
1: that was very exciting for me. Small town you could go to Pizza Hut and get your own personal pan pizza?
0: You can now go to Cinemark and get a personal pan pizza.
1: And it's uh, made um, of chocolate chips.
0: Well, no, there's regular pizza there, too.
1: Oh, they do? Mm-hmm. I saw the chocolate chip pizza. Yeah. That kind of jumped out at me. That,
0: that, the smell of that hits you when you walk in is that cooking cookie.
1: That's really, yeah. <sighs> it's I haven't bought it yet. It looks delicious, though. So. Anyway. <laughs> but um,
0: as with all things, they're overpriced.
1: Oh, my gosh. The amount of money that I spend on goodies, its almost, it surpasses the amount of money I've spent on tickets.
2: Oh, easily. Uh, yeah. Why
1: are you shaking your head?
2: I have perfected the art form of bringing my own snacks into the theater. Uh, I'm not going to pay. you one of those <laughs> eh, I'm a
1: rebel. Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't.
2: I always do. I can't. When, when the kids were little,
0: it was really easy to bring stuff in. Right. Because you came in with the, that the bag. diaper bag or whatnot. You I have just, a
1: big purse. It's not a problem.
0: I don't carry purses, don't so.
1: Oh, true. Yeah. You could. And
0: me walking in there with a backpack would probably. What's in there? What do you mean? Me in a solo walking in there with a backpack would probably set off <laughs> some alarms. <laughs> right. True. Well, that wraps up our news portion of the day. A little bit longer than usual, but hey, we had some fun. Um. Going into our recommendations of the week. Up first, we got Valerie with...
1: A Ghost Story. Ooh. It's not like that. Oh. <laughs> okay, I have strong feelings about this movie in a good way. I uh, watched this alone because uh, I, I wasn't sure what to expect. So I figured, I, 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 you know with those movies that you don't really know and you want to watch it by yourself so you exactly know how you're feeling about it instead of worrying about the next person next to you. So the movie stars Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara. And they have these two well-known actors that are given character names in the movie that are just C and M. That is how we know them. So if you need to remember, it's C for Casey, M for Mara.
0: Nice. Um, They're really original. I don't
1: know if that's why they did it. but It's criminal. Anyway, they're married. They are in love, but they're complicated creatures, as these two would be performing. Um, And Affleck's character, C, is quiet, and he speaks his feelings through music, like a lot of us do. Um, And it's like... The soundtrack is stunning. It's from Daniel Hart. is a solo, a solo violinist who records with his some of his bands. Um, and Rudy Mara's character, M, is more likely to use her words. So she brings up her strong feelings about being in this house. She's hearing some strange noises. The piano is making noises. She's kind of getting creeped out. She wants to move. He does not. So they have a little spat about that uh, the next day she is killed in a car accident feet from the front door which is probably about 10 minutes into the film so we get rid- yeah he's gone soon in a way anyway so they have a scene where she goes to view his body she covers him back up with the sheet and she walks out of the morgue and we're sit- sitting there with the sheet uh, he sits up, he gets off the table, he walks around. So there's where the sheet comes in. So Casey Affleck is wearing a sheet through the movie, um, with black eyes that are not cut out, but they're painted on. So you don't see his eyes through it. It's just
0: So kind of like how little kids during the eighties used to walk around with a sheet? Yes, on?
1: exactly like that. Okay. hmm Anyway, um... So he walks around and he comes across what looks like a portal because it is white light and he decides, no, he's going to go home and be with M. So we go, about, we go home and we're with M as well. Um, so to me, this movie has a lot of themes. It has a lot to do with time uh, itself. The Time a Human Exists, uh, obviously, which is made shorter by an accident. But Lowry, who is the director, he also directed Casey and Rooney in a film previously to this, which I wrote down and then took off because I had never heard of it. But you can look that up. Um, Anyway, so we are given a lot of long language shots in this movie you're sitting with these characters for a long time and Lowry just keeps the camera on Rooney where she is um she's given a pie to kind of you know how people give food during a time of grief. she's alone she's got the pie and she eats it for four minutes we sit and watch her eat this pie for four minutes um I know no, that sounds brutal to some people, but I guess to me, it really, it, it's like sitting with someone, not saying a word, like a friend would do if you're with someone who's grieving. Um, and it's an unremarkable thing. So um, but that's how life is. It's an, a sum of unremarkable moments. So you go through and he sits with this house. She moves on. She moves out of the house. He's stuck with the house uh, and this portion of land that um, this house resides on. So you see different people moving in and out. He gets kind of gets rid of them. There is a secret of a note, which you'll have to watch to get that part of it, which is actually um, pretty interesting. And then we have... It's a loop, which I was trying to, to describe to my daughter, a loop of time. I think he has us sit with Rooney for such a long time to kind of give the idea of how long things actually take. And in movies, we are so used to it going fast, 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 fast. Here we're sitting with it. So then uh, we go with Casey through a long loop of time with the history of this house the future and then the past rolls around i can't really get into that whole thing Uh, you have to watch it um but it's a haunting movie but in a totally different way it stuck with me (laughs) this entire time i think i watched it maybe a week ago or so um there is a review on the website about it it's cool it's shot uh practically in a square uh 133 ratio which is a lot like our old family films mm-hmm. um, which i thought was beautiful
0: and so it's shot in 16 mil 30 super 16 yeah it's like it's just a perfect four by three Poor, like
1: almost a perfect square
2: four by three i have it as a 133
1: mm. anyway um there's a fantastic uh, soundtrack that goes with it so be, be aware to look into that I get overwhelmed by dark rooms and Lords on there, Bon Iver uh, Alabama Shakes, 1975 are a few on the soundtrack and I'm, I'll leave you with this with "Windy Eyed from The Observer who says <sighs> oh my God, we're,
0: we're talking about a ghost story be. And I and now we're hearing, haunted right
1: now I, what you guys were looking that? that is strange anyway I just thought this quote was so beautiful and it has such, it means so much about the movie. Do you hear that?
2: Yeah, I hear everything.
1: That's terrifying. Okay, bereavement isn't limited to the person left alive, but only the person left alive retains the tools to proceed, to process grief and move on, Hmm. which he is not able to move on. So I. I recommend this movie to those who have patience, to those who want to see um, more of like um, a film study or uh, like a piece of poetic art in a way. It's not going to be this fast-bustling entertainment, so I don't particularly recommend it to, to you, Ron. I don't know. I think you could get
2: through it. These kind of films remind me of my student films in college. Yes.
1: Well, yeah, like uh, experimental films.
2: Experimental, I mean, yeah.
1: I'm telling you, if you have the time, it's 87 minutes of your life. It's, It's worth it just to have your brain grow just a little bit more. Okay. And if anything, listen to the music, so...
2: See if I can palette Casey like Affleck. The anymore. music. You, it, don't it, see, you, you don't see. You don't see him. He might not have been in the film that long. He
1: dies in ten minutes, and then you don't see him at all.
2: Probably his son double.
1: That one of the saddest moments I have to share is that he looks out uh, to see another ghost in another window, and he says hi and hi. Um, what are you doing? I'm waiting for someone. Oh, really? Who? I don't remember. They have these moments that are just heartbreaking. But see it. I say, see it. Cool.
2: Okay. How about you, Tony? What did you see? I saw Jumanji, Welcome Back to the Jungle, oh. which is the sort of unofficial sequel to Jumanji with Robin Williams and David Allen Greer and just a whole bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. That was like a mid 90s, early 90s film when it came out. So oh, it's, de- it's definitely an official sequel.
0: Okay. And they set that right up at the beginning with the, uh, the game board turning into the video game.
2: My brain, not here today. Yeah. It tries to be. Did you see uh, it? Yeah. Okay. But we have Jake Caston, which is Larry or Lawrence Caston's son, which is always exciting that the torch is being passed. Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> um, we have Chris McKenna as the writer. I love Lawrence. We have Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Jack Black, Kevin Hart, Nick Jonas, and Karen Gillian, who was uh, Amy Doctor Potts who's. in Doctor Who. <laughs> I didn't recognize her at first, but then it took me a while. I'm like, oh, your face different. But yeah, and then we have Bobby Cannavale, who's one of my favorite actors to look for in movies. Um I loved this movie a lot. I didn't want to watch it. My wa- wife saw it first and said you need to watch this and I'm like, I don't want to watch a movie based on a video game or a board game. But it was good. I was entertained the whole time. Um I felt like everyone in the movie had fun making it. The trailer kind of misled me. We'll get to that in a minute, but uh it was a good time. The music was on point. The I think more so than the original, I felt this one had more of an impact for me. We weren't running around screaming and things were randomly weren't happening, which we had a point. We had, we were here, Jumanji, our goal was to get the gem back in the eye. and
0: it, It's hard to top a film that has Robin Williams in it Yeah, and it has lasted, what was that, 96?
2: Yeah. You
0: know, here we are 20 something years later, but... I, I love The the Rock and Kevin Hart's yes. relationship in this film.
2: They're in a lot of movies together. I think that they have natural chemistry bouncing off each other, and it's interesting. I know Kevin Hart revised some lines, you can tell, and it <laughs> works. <laughs> it really does work for him. Um, but I think the heart of the story is that we are all different, and we all have a piece to add to the puzzle of life and dynamics and communities. And I think Jack Black's character, who he sometimes always plays a feminine you know, kind of character sometimes for laughs, but... In this case, there's a reason for it, and the whole character transforming and becoming the woman through him becoming someone else really was powerful for me, and it wasn't just Jack Black being feminine. It was Jack Black playing a young teenage girl who didn't really know what she could offer the world besides her looks and her, I guess, self-imposed narcissism, but I think it worked where everyone had an arc and everyone changed as a result of it. And I really enjoyed the film, and I would, "Watch it when you can, watch it when you need a laugh, and it just felt really good to watch, and I was entertained by it. so watch it soon.
0: I know what I went and saw it. I didn't go in with very high hopes right It was one of those ones where I set the bar very, very low, and it was like somebody who can easily jump a six foot right. high bar jumping over something that's only three foot and it was like they cleared it with ease, and
2: the written so well it was intelligent writing, and it's just I mean, also, we have a little cameo by uh, Colin Hanks at the end, which was always nice to see. Grace was like, who is that? Looks familiar. I said, think about his dad. And she said, who is it? Look at him. Look at his eyes.
0: More and more like his father every time I see him.
2: So, but he's a good actor, too. So, I mean, Tom has passed those jeans on. So, I don't know. I just, I liked it a lot. Kevin and Dwayne to do more films. and I think they are doing more films, more and more. So, it's nice to see Karen do films outside of England and off TV, so. You, you know, she's on she's Nebula, right? Don't tell her what?
0: She's Nebula in Guardians of the Galaxy. Why did I slip my brain? Because oh she's God. bald. That's why. She shaved her head. That's why. Yeah. So you have actually seen her in the last couple of years.
2: Mind blown. Okay. I have
1: not, I have not seen her.
2: Okay. She's a good actress. She's a, what, as in need? you don't know who she is? No idea. Doctor Who? You never saw Doctor Who? No. Nope. We need okay. to catch you up on that. But yeah, good times.
0: So, Ron, what did you see? I went and saw Tomb Raider this week. Ooh, The new one with Alicia Vikander. Nice. Um, directed by hmm, Roar Uthig. I have no clue what this guy has directed before. He's kind of new to me. Um, but Alicia, as we know, she won Oscar for uh the danish girl the danish girl uh, a couple of years ago and it's got walt goggins dominic west and daniel Daniel daniels and walt goggins are a couple of my other favorite little actors uh, walt goggins has just been phenomenal on the series justified which is no longer on um but daniel Wu has been on into the badlands which is on amc but the reason i like him is he's a talented martial arts person. So you see him on there, you're like, oh, they're going to have some great action scenes in Tomb Raider. Um, so short story. Um, also, the music is by Junkie XL.
2: Nice.
0: Um, <laughs> you say nice. Well, I mean, but, they do, I mean, not uh, in this case,
2: but they do nice music yeah. sometimes. Triller music sometimes. But, um.
0: So Tomb Raider, if you've been living on the whole, Tomb Raider is based off of a video game. There yes. was a 2001, with uh, Angelina Jolie. Um, They finally came back and rebooted this with Alicia a couple years ago as casting, but it's taken a long time to actually finally get put out there. And they rooted this one a lot more in the most recent video game. Yes, To kind of try to give her a little bit more reality. Um, But as the story comes off, you get Laura popping in as a basically sad Laura who her father ran away when she was a young kid and she's never seen him for that. So she holds a big grudge. And so the beginning scenes are of her just working off that grudge through martial, mixed martial arts through biking through the city, trying to get money. And then they like, Oh, by the way, you know, you are part of the Laura croft. You are part of the croft family. So you actually own a lot. And her, her, rebuffs of accepting that her father is dead and then she finally is like oh i get this little puzzle i'm gonna solve the puzzle oh i gotta go solve the puzzle instead of take care of my craft properties here and then for the next 30 minutes it's pretty much lara trying to survive not survive trying to finish what her father started and so she gets onto this island meets walt goggins who's the big baddie um, he reveals very quickly that oh yeah I killed your father. I mean literally probably like two minutes into the conversation he's like oh yeah by the way I killed your father. And it was just like thrown offhanded and so you go through the next fifteen twenty minutes of the film and you're like oh daddy's dead and all of a sudden guess who's not dead <laughs> daddy's not dead. Um, it was a very poor setup of that. I just think the the story in general was very lack very lacking um, nothing exciting there. Um, I think daddy should have stayed dead. I think Laura should have had that chip on her shoulder of her father leaving her, but, and just gone with it like that. I think Walt Goggins was very, very underused as the villain. Um, he's a talented, talented actor. And it was just, he wasn't scary in this. He was just an asshole, um, would be my best way to put it. Daniel Wu. I don't know if they've cut out a ton of this movie, But you bring in Daniel Wu, who's probably one of the best martial artists out there, and you put a gun in his hand and Mm. give him maybe five minutes of scream time. Mm. Um, You don't show him doing any hand-to-hand combat, really. Um, I thought that would have been something more. But the story is pretty forgettable. The action sequences are... Very video game derivative. That's what I um, noticed in the trailer. They were very based on the video game. You guy. feel like you're actually like living in action video game at some points. You're like, oh yeah, well, I know what's going to happen next. That's going to fall and that's going to fall. And like they have the scene with the, uh, in the plane that lasts for like, feels like 10 minutes. It probably is like five minutes, but it feels like 10 minutes. Cause you're like, oh wait, that's going to break. Oh wait, that's going to break. And it just keeps dragging on and dragging on. Um, my, my recommendation on this film is save it for a rainy day if you like action stuff. It's, you're not going to miss anything. I, I want to say that Alicia is perfectly cast as Lara. I think she's a great Lara. Okay. I think the story just sucked, and they could have done something better with it and made it a much better film. I think they are too tied into the Tomb Raider video game uh, to make it good. What right. they need to do is just like, okay, it's Lara Croft. Croft industries, and then just break away from it and actually do something a little bit more rooted in reality and a little less little less video gamey. Um, there are points in her action sequences, though, that I was like, "What the heck is happening?" She doesn't. She didn't look natural because the CGI was just so over overdone that it was like it took me out of it. So okay, hmm. me, but and as for Junkie's music it was probably the worst thing that he's probably put out to date. It was a lot of noise. I went back and listened to it this week and I was like, That's scary. Yeah. Mm. So, that's my thoughts on Tomb Raider. <laughs>
1: wow. What, what? Nothing. It's like a Nazi kind of...
2: Well, the thing is that I played all of the Tomb Raider games from PlayStation to Xbox now. One, and they're not bad video games. I mean, they've gotten to the point where... I mean I've seen the progression of graphics too from being really blocky and the tiger coming at you. It's weird. hard when
0: you can point to the video game and actually say the video game has a better story than what got put out in the film.
2: True. That's sad. Yes. But I have no input. Yeah. It's so a female i played a handful
0: or, of the, the Tomb Raider games. Yeah. I like the, the more recent one better because it it went away from being that like, oh, it's all this mystical stuff to being a little bit more rooted in Right like
2: oh yeah I can
0: plausibly see this happening and
2: I was the only person who was upset they cast um, Angelina as Mara Croft in the original movies I'm like I don't see her I think it was just eye candy and she had to build so to speak for it but I'm like there has to be someone else out there and Alicia fits the height the body build the character manner. she's English actually English yeah. so there are so many factors but I was going to go back and watch the first one yesterday and I was like nah it's it's on on TV. TV. it
0: was
1: on, T- it's on TV oh, recently it was, it was yeah. awful yeah. yeah. But, Daniel, she won, but she won an academy award
0: her father was in that with her too Daniel I Craig know. was in too Daniel, yes, Craig. Daniel, Craig, oh was yeah. Daniel Craig was he the baddie he was the bad guy man yeah. with hair I know really bad hair yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that note we are going to take a short break and we will be right back <music> hey you that's right I'm talking to you insert your ad here that's right ever wanted to become part of an ad ever have something that really wants to be shared and it's created and made by you well this is your chance become part of the cultural stew advertising platform contact us today see what we can do for you and what you can do for us and welcome back
2: Today, we have an
0: interesting stew topic today. What are we talking about, Tony?
2: We're talking about film trailers. So in the awesomeness that is the Infinity War trailer, it was coming out. I knew it was coming out and I thought about it. Can we trust trailers? Do they tell us the truth? Do they leave things out or do they put too much in? There's so many factors in these things. They're trying to get us into the theater to see the movie, but how do they go about doing it? Is it ethical? Not really ethical, I guess. Is it the right way? Ron, you said something earlier about your pet peeve with trailers. you want to share that right now? or Which pet peeve? <laughs> well, let's start with one, and we'll go to Valerie.
0: Uh, one of my pet peeves that has been happening, and I don't know why I'd, I didn't notice it before, is the, the things that make the trailer but don't actually make the final film, whether they are simply a visual image, Mm -hmm. or scene or if it's actually a dialogued scene that all of a sudden like when you get to actually watching the film my mind is constantly calling back to the trailer and saying especially when you get into a scene you're like oh yeah that's where this is going to fit in and then it's not there Mm. okay so uh, a good example of some of that was uh in a latest thing was rogue one a lot of visual images in Rogue Run that didn't make the actual final film. Okay. And a lot of that had to do, I know, with the shooting style of... Oh, who directed that? Uh, whoever the director was. Gareth. Was that Gareth?
2: I'll come to you. Gareth
0: Edwards, I believe. Um, Is that he just kind of shoots a lot of stuff and he always has the camera rolling. So he'll catch things that are happening you know whether a co- like an actor is just walking up to a scene to get ready or they're just coming down from a scene or they're looking a certain way like little stuff like that which will never make the final film but they're on film and so they like oh yeah well let's use this as part of the the footage um i know there was one where a big one in rogue one was the was it the tie fighter not was a tie fighter that came down at the bridge and was facing off against um The lead character didn't happen in the film. It just wasn't there. Okay, I mean, that was a huge thing. It's like you're expecting, like, oh, there's going to be, she's going to have to dodge out of the way of TIE Fighter, but it it didn't happen. Hmm. So that's one of my biggest pet peeves and one of the things that has locally happened.
1: I don't know if I have... See, a little known secret about me is that I went to college (laughs) to be... I wanted to direct trailers... I wanted to make trailers. That's what I wanted to do because I felt like that's what gets you to the movie. Um, and I liked the idea of it, this short, um, the shots that they choose, the music that they choose, what is going to get people to get into those seats that I found it fascinating. So, um, there have been a lot of things that I looked forward to seeing in the movie. Obviously, so it's sort of like yours. I just kind of thought, well, they did that to get us in there, or they found out later that they couldn't have said that. For you know, um, the latest being the Greatest Showman. Um, he's sitting down. It's a, it's Hugh Jackman and Zac Efron sitting down, and and he says something like, uh, "Showbiz, showbiz." So, I, What's that? Show, show business? I've never heard of it. It's because I just I just, created, it I just made it up, and it's not in the movie at all.
2: They nope. sometimes shoot scenes that are just for the trailer too. That's one thing I have heard that they shoot some moments. Some moments are made just for the trailer, but they won't admit that in advertising. A,
1: a lot of things that you'll hear are people that say, eh, "Movies okay. All the funny parts were in the trailer." Yeah, that happens a lot.
0: And I think when that usually happens. That's a good key of saying that's not going to be a good film. But we don't know that until we're sitting there. The funnier the trailer is typically the worse the film is. Really? Yeah. That's where I've been finding.
1: Hmm. But there's movies Um, that uh, the trailer, I've watched uh, a trailer that made me want to watch the movie like immediately afterward, which was uh, The Shape of Water. made me wanted to go to the movie theater right then. Um,
2: I think fantasy films in general do that. Like, good trailers for fantasy films pull you in where you want to see it right after. And like, you wish that the trailer before the movie you're watching was the movie you're going to see after watching it. Um, I, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, So, I'm going to take this back a little bit. We're going to talk about um, trailers who mislead you, tone-wise. And I have two. Um, one is Drive with Ryan Gosling, which... Watching that film, you would think that the movie was like a Fast and Furious, you know, spinoff, but. Surprise. <laughs> no, the film was so slow. And, God, I mean, loved I loved it. Loved it, but it was not what I thought it was going to be.
1: The music was. Uh, did you like the music?
2: I didn't care what the music oh. it was. It was okay. I was more about the story, but mm. I was just I'm misled. And then we have World's Greatest Dad with the late Robin Williams, which, again, the trailer for that film read like a, a comedy about a father and son battling it out. Oh. and it was nothing like that at all. It's not. Have it you seen it? It was so no. sad and dark. And they cried a lot. The trailer said nothing about the son dying and then his father taking his writing and passing it as his own.
1: And the way the son dies?
2: Yeah. There's nothing in the trailer. I mean, I know it's not acceptable sometimes to talk about these things, but I don't, Yeah, I know. the only way you know about what the film is really about is by reading IMDb's plot, the short little plot line, or reading underneath. But... The trailer, if you're just going visually and not reading anything, you come into the movie thinking, oh, it's going to be a fun comedy film about a family. It's not. And it's, it's kind of depressing. Up. and it's messed up. And
1: the way the sun dies is the way Robin Williams died. And I was watching it and I just, it was. Heartbreaking. It's really heartbreaking.
0: So, so there's probably something behind their their way that they try to do that with the trailer. Is mm-hmm. like, you know. They don't want to direct your attention to like, oh yeah, Robin Hood, Rob, yeah, Robin Hood, mm-hmm. Robin Williams just died. This is how he died. Oh, by the way, we have a movie with Robin Williams in it and the son dying the same way he's dying. Right. Doesn't that sound like a joyful film to go see? It came out It before. came out way before. Like, Did it? Yeah. Oh, but, okay.
1: but honestly, that's why it was so... Difficult for you? Yeah. It was, it came out of nowhere and hit me and I was watching it thinking, holy cow, Uh I don't know. But then there are surprises. I mean, I watched... The, uh, um, I don't know if you've seen this movie, but it's called The End of the Tour. That sounds good. Um, it's about um, David Foster Wallace and his interview uh, with Rolling Stone. And it's, it's his last interview that he does. Um, and I watched the trailer i think at midnight and i had to watch it that night if you haven't seen it i'd watch it it's a great movie who's in the movie um it's with jason siegel and jesse eisenberg
2: oh jesse jesse okay i think so I've it's, heard of that. it's
1: very very good but um so that was a payoff but you never know what you're gonna get so it's just i mean films are doing it just like anything else they're advertising just like anything else. Hey, look, you're gonna look like this if you wear this dress. I, I don't look like that. You're gonna look like this if you wear this makeup. No. And your hair, you know, it it they're doing the same thing. They're buying into the same thing. So a good question would be, uh, what movies have you seen that the trailer was a good representation of the movie?
2: I would say Almost Famous was a good one. Um uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang any Martin Madonna film pretty much accurately the trailer accurately portrays the tone and the storyline in a accurate way I would say like he tells you basically what the film's about I mean I guess Imbruges was a little off I mean you thought it was a lot faster but Imbruges was a slow meditative film too but you got what you I mean all the funny was in the trailer for Imbruges.
1: I think Nora Ephron films the trailers were pretty accurate to what the movie was going to be about
2: well yeah. So
1: Because maybe they're simpler? I don't know.
2: They're never like on action in a high octane. Oh, I guess anyway. that's
1: true. The action movies are is where we're finding this out the most, I I'm guessing.
2: Ron.
0: Uh, I I mean I don't have I don't have many trailers that really stick out unless there's something annoying in it to me. Okay. Um one of the, the things I've found annoying over the last couple of years has been what I call the lock and loaded sound in trailers. Um, I'll see if I can add a clip in here of an example of that. Um, But you can find it in Kongstall Island. You can find it in Jumanji. uh, Several films over the last couple of years where it's just like they're playing some popular 70s song and then they're loading their guns and time with the music and just goes into something else. It's just it's a a thread that's happened over and over in trailers um that's just getting annoying. And so I just you know stand out a little bit with their trailer. Stop being a rip-off of other things, but
1: I feel like in the Force Awakens that's the last that was the last Star Wars movie, correct? The last Jedi. The last Jedi was the I'm last. sorry, the last Jedi. I apologize. The last Jedi which one is it that has the trailer where Luke is handing his He's handing over um, the lightsaber. The lightsaber to someone else. We think it's Leia. We don't know, and we have that scene, and it's not in the movie. I feel like that was. Um,
0: there, the, interesting that you brought up the last strata because there's a, the thing there where. Um, uh, Ray is talking to.
2: Finn you know, or um, describe who?
1: no the guy that she grew up with okay.
2: no the baddie. Oh, you're talking about her brother, Ben Solo. Oh, man. <laughs> really? This is horrible.
1: Look it up. We know who we're talking in front about. Of you.
2: Yeah. The bad guy. I know you're talking about. This the um
0: Which bad Kylo guy? Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Thank you. Wow, that's going to get cut. Yeah. Uh, there's a scene in the trailer where Kylo is imploring to Rey let me help you and he extends his arm and she, it cuts to another scene of her extend, like looking like she's going to go into it and it has, there are two different scenes from two completely different parts of the movie that have nothing to do with each other so, but yet they played it off in the trailer like Kylo Ren and Rey were going to be teaming up uniting
1: Isn't there a, a scene where, what movie is it, uh, the Star Wars movie where it looks like Luke and Leia are about to kiss they're leaning in to kiss and that's in the trailer, and there's like they don't ever kiss.
0: I don't. I probably saw the trailer a long time ago. Probably a TV in, trailer, like, the special trailers, but so I don't know.
1: Which silly one. things like that.
0: Like, uh, one thing, uh, another annoyance that got me with it, advertising in trailers was um, recent movie like Game Night.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know when a movie trailer actually gives away plot points that are vital to the story later on. In Game Night, you have uh, Rachel McAdams talking to a henchman next to a jet engine, and the guy goes flying into the jet engine and dies. Well, if that wasn't in the trailer, you wouldn't know that everything in Game Night was a setup, but it wasn't really a setup at the end because there was real guys there. So it would have been a lot funnier... But they spoiled it because the trailer showed that, oh, Rachel McAdams is standing in front of a bad guy and he just literally got killed.
2: Right. Hmm. I think I've seen a couple so it of trailers. it spoils
0: the whole, like, fun of, like, oh, this is just a setup, ha, ha, ha.
2: There's a couple of trailers that came out. Like, there's one scene in the uh, trailer I saw where a gun goes off and there's blood everywhere and it kills someone and then you have, you know, Bateman cleaning it up and... It, He's like a blood blood, I mean, just like the dog's eating something and the dog wags the finger or something. I'm not sure what it was, but a body part and the dog bit it and sprayed blood everywhere trying to eat it and it went everywhere. And there's, yeah. A that's scene, not in the see, movie. See, that's what I'm talking about. There's a scene in a trailer where there's a dog, know. you know, and it's like, yeah, it's weird stuff. It's all about advertising, getting some seats. And, and
1: what kind of brownie you had the night before, it seems like.
2: I, <laughs> <laughs> <No. clears
0: throat> I will say though, my, my wife wanted to go see Game Night. I, I want to see it soon. And so I went a second time to go see it. And it's just as funny the second time, even like with knowing everything that's going to happen. I was kind of like laughing at stuff before it happened. So it's like, it's completely quiet in the theater. I'm like, oh, this is funny. This is funny. But I'm like doing it to myself and everybody's like, stop. <laughs> but um, yeah.
1: Hype hype can do the same thing. Hype for a movie. Yes. You know, a hype for a movie that, uh, for film students, where you're supposed to watch this film, it's, you know, oh. this is the best film you shouldn't be watching. Is I mean, uh, a good example is uh, Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, and if, which I feel like now it, it would work, because not very many kids know about Citizen Kane. And, uh, but back in the day, my mother said that people were running into movie theaters yelling. Rosebud? (laughs) Well, no, it's a sled. Like they would just, it's a sled, the whole thing. So, um, there's a lot of movies. That reminds
0: me of people leaving Star Wars and saying,
1: Han dies at the end.
0: uh,
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like
0: You just want to smack those people. It's like, really? Um, (laughs) Speaking of smacking people Here is my public service announcement for the week Pick up your damn trash when you're at the theater
1: I agree We we always do The
0: lights came on after seeing Tomb Raider And it was just Really? That's gross Why is it so hard? And shut the hell up during a movie Unless you're laughing mm -hmm. Be quiet Mm -hmm. People talk And this whole These two people behind me were chatting the whole time
1: It it gives them something to do This is why they have a job that that
0: rationale. No, that's horrible. That's mentality. horrible, yeah.
1: I, We always pick up our trash. We're it's not very that responsible. You
0: have a, if you got popcorn, you have a very large bin, which pretty much everything can fit into.
1: If you write it in, you can take it out. Yeah. Correct.
0: Yeah.
1: It's or even lazy. if you write it in and you
2: just take I it, put I always, it back I have a bag and I put everything in and I, wait, yeah, we do that while credits are bonus. So if
0: you're one of those people. Clean up. That walk out and leave all your crap everywhere and you look like popcorn exploded on your seat. Think better next time.
1: Okay. Another one. If you bought something that requires opening and it's plastic, open it before or during the trailers. Open it during the movie starts, the trailers. Like open everything first. I always tell my girls, open everything first. And And here's a
0: little trick. If you have something that's candy, bring a cup or get a cup. Open it out of the wrapper and put it into the cup. That way you're not rattling the bag during the middle of the movie either you go to the movies
2: too much, you can tell. Oh,
0: things annoy me. I've had, it with this movie pass now, yeah. I've gone to, I think I have them listed now, at least up to probably like 12 movies this year. And it's like the little things are starting to annoy me, <laughs> just like people. And I was like, I told you, during was it during 12 Strong or Hostiles, the guy next to me commenting on every little <laughs> thing that was happening on screen. I just wanted to like, I was literally about to walk out of the movie and say, I'm going to come back another time because I cannot watch a movie with somebody talking like this.
1: Did I tell you that they gave us free tickets to come back to see um, an IMAX movie at Tinseltown because there was a little speck of dust that kept going over and over the screen and it was driving everybody crazy. So I went out and asked about it and they came back and they couldn't get rid of it. So they gave us all free tickets for it.
0: So the IMAX is um, two projectors. Because of how big the IMAX format is, it's usually in two projectors, and so what they do is they have to have them aligned for two D and for three D they are split. There was something during the two D during Black Panther that for the first twenty minutes, going from the trailers into the first twenty minutes of the film, I constantly was like, why are we stuck on three D? Why didn't somebody fix this yet? And I was about to go up and yell, and all of a sudden it just fixed itself. I'm like, oh, this is so annoying because you just feel like you're looking cross-eyed the whole uh, time, and it's funny. like
2: <clears throat> that's mad. At you.
1: Anybody, if you so have we have any
2: kind, of, we kind of veered off from the trailers <laughs> If you have
1: <laughs> any other annoyances <laughs> list
0: them but yeah, be be a little bit more truthful with the trailers, and if you're not, don't spoil the stuff that's in the movie right um, or
1: just don't watch the trailers
0: I, I well, It's interesting you bring that up. you know I have a, a friend who has who won't listen to the show because he doesn't like spoilers, but he also won't he has stopped watching trailers for movies that he's interested in. Because he doesn't want to know anything about them, um, and I've I've toyed with that. I don't know if I can do that. I don't I'm know if to I would be able... blind,
1: completely blind, and it actually worked out well.
0: I don't know if I can because I love I love seeing pre pre footage. Is that's what I consider a trailer is pre footage. I love getting the first glimpses do. of it.
1: We should pick a movie next month, and none of us see the trailer and go.
0: That's hard because yeah. I've probably already seen the yeah. trailer.
2: Apple. Well, try not Apple to. Apple Trailers is my friend sometimes oh and my YouTube. Gosh. Well, what?
1: try not to. I'll pick a movie then. <laughs> yeah.
2: I'll
0: pick the movie that pick you ten th- movies. <laughs> and we'll
2: see if there's one that I haven't no, seen a trailer I'll for. I'll pick
1: the movie that you guys would normally watch the trailer or go see the movie.
2: Oh, well, good luck with that.
1: Not hard for Ron. I think there's a couple that he would not <laughs> she see. She
0: really thinks light of me, doesn't she? <laughs> she does.
1: No, it's...
0: I think I've seen the Love, Simon trailer like five times. Three for me. Will you see it? I just really don't have an interest in seeing a, it's, it's a rom-com
2: very, that has to do with high school kids. It's very formulaic. I read the book, and I was waiting for the movie to come out. I was waiting and waiting. But, yeah, it's it's going to be what it's going to be. Well, uh, feel good formula.
1: Dustin says it's everywhere, all over any LGBT mm-hmm. like right magazine, anything. Uh, so he said, they're he's,
2: trying to make this more mainstream. I understand what they're doing. He didn't want
1: to be the last gay and not see the movie. <laughs> so he's going to see it today. I think there's some strange stuff going on today in this building. It's
0: very loud in this building today. I don't know why. Mm. Everybody's waking up. So that wraps up our discussion and media today. Looking forward to next week. Our topic is going to be what, Valerie?
1: In and about around the topic of can movies really portray uh, authentic relationships?
0: And what would be a good media for us to watch?
1: Listen, I gave these guys a list of movies. So um, uh, we came up with The Squid and the Whale. But I also suggest that people watch High Fidelity, and Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, and Once, <laughs> and Revolutionary Road. Um,
0: but we're going to talk about Squid and the Whale.
1: But we are going to talk about Squid in the, and the Whale. Squid oh, and the Whale. Splinter in the Grass. Just be prepared. So yeah, Squid and the Whale is for next week.
0: Awesome. Good. Looking forward
2: to this week. What's on your queue? What have you watched? What do you want to
1: watch?
2: Do you think you're going to watch? Maybe not. See, I watched Fastlane last Sunday. You know, it's wrestling; it's predictable. So you know who's going to WrestleMania. So it's what it is. What it is. I'll be reviewing WrestleMania writing wise. Uh, write a review for that when it comes out. I watched Timeless season two's premiere last. That was Sunday fun. night. That was a good. I love that show, and I'm glad it's back. Season two, episode two, is tonight at ten. So tune in for that. Um, the Lovers had Tracy Letts and Deborah Winger. I haven't seen her in much. I kind of missed her, but she had a lot of inner politics stuff going on in movies, and no one wanted to work with her. Did Debra- you watch that? Did you watch that? The lovers?
1: No, the uh, Deborah Winger documentary.
0: No, she
1: was, was
2: the it?
0: voice of ET, wasn't she? I think
2: so. Yeah, but she, so. her, and Richard had an issue, and then this whole sexual politics thing during Officer and Gentleman, and people didn't want to work with her. But the film was actually quite entertaining, predictable, but
1: searching for Deborah Winger.
2: Is it Netflix or Amazon?
1: Uh. I'm just saying, watch it.
2: I'll find it. I always do. Um, Marty's Silence, I saw. Beautifully shot. Andrew Garfield's in that with um, Adam Driver. Liam Neeson's in it too. I just couldn't keep watching it. It reminded me of The Mission. I love The Mission, but this film is just Marty, Martin Scorsese, just labored and long. I'll watch it again, try to watch it, but I, not then, couldn't do it. Um, I watched Still Magnolias in honor of the play coming to jiva or not coming sorry it's not coming it's already there but no not yet not it's yet coming. but it's um they're performing it coming means it's a tour and it's not a tour i mean mark Cuddy would kill me if i said it that way so um, it's not a tour it's a show from rochesterians for rochesterians uh, la 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 yeah mark so um but uh got another month it will be it's in rehearsal right now and like i said plum is going to be in it so it should be exciting i'll be getting my tickets to see that show but i watched the movie and that's a whole female ensemble of who's who in the 80s, 90s of people. So we have. Have
1: you not seen it before?
2: I've seen a movie several times.
1: Okay, just check. I was just wondering.
2: I've seen the play several times, but it's a good story. And I, you know, when I know a play based on a movie, or sorry, a movie based on a play is being performed or nearby, I'll rewatch the movie and then see the play. Um, I have on my queue The Last Tycoon which has Matt Bomer, Kelsey Grammer, and Lily Collins in it. On I, Amazon, right? Yes, on Amazon. And I read the original story by F. Scott Fitzgerald. And it's unfinished, but it's finished, but he didn't finish it. So, But it's a good story, I hear. And it's about filmmaking in the 20s and 30s, and it should be good. And it's also shot in HD, which is kind of interesting. So I want to see how that's done. But... I'm excited for it. And we'll Did see you say happens. isn't or is? It is shot in HD, like high 4K resolution or higher. Oh, they yeah. shot it pure HD. So yeah,
0: Amazon's been putting out, I mean, Netflix has been doing the 4K thing for a while, yeah. but Amazon is starting to, It's beautiful. I I'm love just, 4K.
2: I'm just interested to see how, I mean, honestly, I would have shot the, that series on film, just for nostalgia's sake, because it's about the early stages of film, but they're going to do what they're going to do. And, See
1: you, what have happens. Have
2: a, you have to have a 4K TV. Mm, no, it just looks better on a.
0: No, yeah. Amazon it'll if to watch it in 4K. Yes, mm-hmm. you have yeah. to have a 4K okay. TV. That's if you don't have a 4K TV, the Amazon will just put it in whatever format you're watching it on. Do you have 4K TV? No, not yet.
2: Soon.
1: Is this like a uh, wallet buster here? No. Really?
0: You you can get I mean for under a thousand dollars you can get it up to sixty. 60 inch 4k easily I mean there's several for like the 300 to 400 or 300 to 500 dollar range for like a 50 inch cool but my opinion on TVs is they're not really worth it unless they're above 60 inches okay you have room
2: for it all right you can Um, always make walls out of my new place I can't we'll get into that later though you can block windows (laughs) we'll talk about it later
1: (laughs) 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 okay my turn. All right. Um, I did finish Jessica Jones. And? And it was, I remember watching the first season, r- just really, really liking it. And this one, I, I don't know. I just, it, it, I watched it till the end, but it was just kind of like, what is going on? I didn't really enjoy it as much, I will say. And your view of saying it, it's more, what did you say?
0: It it felt like a soap opera. I mean, it, it felt like it I was watching a, a family drama that was made during a daytime soap opera.
1: I didn't really need to see her fall in love. I, I, I really... loved,
0: in season one, I loved the storyline of her going kind of crazy in the head and Kilgrave, and you never really kind of, was Kilgrave really there or was he not? And then this season of her just dealing with like the big reveal of it. It's her, oh, spoiler, whatever. There's a spoiler warning in the beginning I don't care. That it's her mother is the big bad villain this whole time. And the best episode to me was the one where Kilgrave comes by and she starts cracking again. Like that's the Jessica Jones I like is the Jessica Jones that is out of grip with reality. She just can't control whether she's you don't know if she's going to be one moment, she's going to be a completely normal person or she's going to just start flipping out. That's and Kilgrave kind of pushed that envelope a little bit. And then when she gets with her mother, she just kind of just waffles back and forth. and just like she's
1: confused. I mean, it's wrong. But uh, is she but going it, to... F-
0: it it hurt the character, I think. You have this character who... I know. I know what you're saying. She was dead. And, and that's the same problem I had with the Lara Croft thing. If you're going to establish that the character's dead, just leave him dead. You know... Bring up something new. That it, is they, so
1: pauperish to have them come back to ex- life.
0: Exactly. And it's very comic too. Unfortunately, you know, people come back from life all the time in the comics. It just gets annoying. It's like, let's move past the, it's your parent, your daddy issues, your mommy issues, and let's do something different. And
1: Will she forgive Patsy?
0: Common trope. Um, we'll see.
1: Okay, so I was up late that night. and Patsy
0: becomes Hellcat next, so whether they're going to. Go with that or not? Really? Yes.
1: Oh, is that why she yes. was able to catch the? Falling? They've been
0: setting it up for both seasons. Oh, okay. That's strange. That's why she went into boxing and she? They've alluded to who she was and.
1: Did and she kids. got on drugs. That was really.
0: Ugh. I that part of Jessica Jones season two, I actually liked. I like watching somebody just completely. She fell apart the whole season. She went from being this person who had standing with. This, this, all of her fans, and she had the standing with the the radio show, and she just started falling apart from everybody, and she got hooked on basically the super super drugs, um, and she destroyed everything around her. Shoot,
1: I forgot totally what I was going to say. Dang. Um. Oh, I. Where does the defenders fit
0: into? Defenders would have been before um, Jessica Jones season two.
1: Okay, so she, they're you, before you, yeah, you'd have to watch
0: uh, Daredevil one and two, and Luke Cage, and Iron Fist, and Jessica Jones season one. Okay, because it's kind of their oh, stories when she start and Patsy getting are intertwined, talking
1: and, and like I had just finished it out once they were talking, and I thought okay, this must be
0: before. It's one of the downsides of see, uh, of watching Jessica Jones season two is there's very little illusions that they were just in this whole big group and this has happened with in the bigger Marvel world is like all of a sudden you have this big event happening it's like well you were just in this team wouldn't these team members you know wouldn't at least Luke Cage come back and help Jessica Jones fight this person who's stronger than Jessica Jones
1: yeah that would have been wouldn't
0: it make sense no he didn't but it's the same thing like with the Avengers like you know Captain America with Winter Soldier you have all this stuff happening and it's like well we were just with the Avengers. Why wouldn't the Avengers come and help this big world ending disaster kind of thing? Okay. But,
1: um, <laughs> reeling, <laughs> it Re- reeling it back in. you um, wanted to talk more about reeling it back in. I need to finish Man in the High Castle. My friend Leslie is going to kill me. She's also going to kill me if I don't finish The Crown. Um, How's
2: that going for you, by the way? I'm curious. Which one? The Crown.
1: The Crown, um, I I'm still in season one.
2: Okay, never mind. Never mind. Keep so going don't say again. anything we'll, we'll
1: But she's, she's really been talking it up, so I really need to get on there. And then love Simon, I would like to see um, the thoroughbreds I would really like to see, and uh, oh my, okay guys, so I just kind of went on this crazy list. These are not obviously things I'm going to see this week, but these are on my queue, cute. and you can write them down if you want. Uh, good time. I want to see that. It has Robert Pattinson. in it. That's not the reason I want to see it. I promise you. A Fantastic Woman. Um, rat Film. Look it up. Some of these, if you don't know what they are, just look them up. Raw, which is not for everybody. So definitely look that up. do not don't that the that. Eddie Murphy Do not Raw. see that movie without seeing the trailer. Raw. Um, and then Ex Libre. Uh, it's, it's actually a documentary about the New York Library. I'm kind of excited about that. And then there is – I forgot the eye here. There's a movie called Keddy, which is about cats, <laughs> um, which actually got fantastic reviews. So these are all little ones that I wrote down that I'm interested in. So feel free to look into those and see if any of those are things you'd like to see too. Fun.
0: Um, <laughs> I watched this week um, Happen Lettered, uh, season one and two, which are now on Netflix. Um, Really enjoying it. It's a dark comedy. It's got James Purefoy in it from um, Alter Carbon that I just watched, and also The Following, Uh, and the guy who plays Omar from The Wire. Uh, Really enjoyed it. I thought it was just a fun series. Um, Just, I just enjoyed it. It was just fun. I have nothing worse. That's really, (laughs) but it's enough. It was enough that I blew through the two seasons, and they're not long seasons, and. Uh, Season three just started up and it's just as quirky as the the first two seasons. So I'm looking forward to catching that on a more regular basis now. Um, I also, I've been pelted every time I've gone and sat at the theaters by the sneaky Pete ads and sneaky Pete ads. And I think sneaky Pete has been in my queue on Amazon for at least the last year, maybe year and a half. I think it started in 2015, 2016. And I finally got around to watching season one and I just, blew through it. I'm just like, oh, this is hilarious. Um, Giovanni Rabisi is a terrific um, character actor. And to watch him constantly have to improvise. I mean, he's not improvising on script, but he's improvising in his situations that he's put into constantly that he's like, oh, oh, I got to fix it. Oh, like, And he's constantly covering up his lies by making more lies. And it's the consequences of those and constantly trying to fix those. Um, it's like watching a really great shell game and just him. So it's a highly recommended show for me looking into starting uh, season two tonight. Uh, while edit this show, uh, I've been listening to a couple soundtracks this week, listen to black Panther, which is by Ludwig Goranson, who also did the score for Creed for, um, Ryan Congler and okay. also just did death wish. Um, Digging it a little bit. It's got a very, as I was talking with Anthony before, the fight scenes have a very Rocky esque uh, sound to them. Um, and that is, it's you can see that brought over from Creed. That's a very anthemic, brassy stuff going on. Tomb Raider, as I mentioned before, Junkie XL, it, ugh, probably his worst stuff that he's put out lately. You know, he did some, you know, angry. I love Mad Max, but it just sounded like a bunch of noise. That's there was the worst. nothing memorable. Out of the whole film, out of the whole score to me. That's not good. So, I mean, you basically listen to it and it just was nothing there. Um, wrinkly. <laughs> wrinkly in time. <laughs> that <laughs> was, yeah. Uh, Wrinkle in time. I started listening to that this morning and I kind of turned it off. Uh, Ramin Dijuadi, uh behind Game of Thrones and Westworld. Love his past stuff. Uh, got three tracks into this one and I turned it off. It really wasn't grasping me at all. Looking forward to this week, Jack White's album comes out, Boarding House Reach. And in terms of what I want to see at the theater, I'm probably going to go see Isle of Dogs, Wes Anderson's new film. Just Could be good. Loaded with talent um, and you know, stop animation. Can't go wrong with there. The other uh, thing coming out is Pacific Rim 2. Uh, once a time, a time, I had interest in a Pacific Rim 2, but... With what finally came out with the cast and what I've seen by now, it's one of those. It's going to save it for a a Netflix day or whatever it comes out to be because Isle of Dogs is going to tackle that one. And then. (laughs) (laughs) Like my note. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've got a huge queue for this week to go through, so I don't know if I'm going to get to that. I've got Ah. Sneaky Pete season two. Um, We're going to get started on Counterpart, which I want to see that so bad. It looks good. It's got. um, Simmons. Uh, J. K. Simmons as the lead role. Everybody was the talk of why he was um getting ready for Justice League was J. K. Simmons is getting bulked up and bulked up. Why is he getting bulked up? Especially in Batman and Justice League, he wears a jacket yeah, so you mm, don't see him exactly. bulked up. Well it was actually for the show Counterpart where he um plays double. Plays a double agent. And so he he's pretty bulked up, you know, J. K. Simmons and
2: supposed I read the pilot, so it should be good. I'm looking forward to catching the pilot if anything else. Got high reviews and so.
1: I probably would have to go back into therapy seeing him again. I, <laughs> I don't know. Whiplash really screwed me up.
2: That's why you got Oscar. He screwed a lot of people up.
1: Well, did you see it? Yes. Did it screw you up? No. Okay. Screwed me up.
0: And uh, as I said, Happened Leonard, I'm digging into season three. Just started, so it's going to be a slower burn before I get through. So I can't kind of burn through season three because it's just being released. Okay. Um,. And if there's room, maybe a ghost story, but
2: I really don't have too much interest in that movie. Not
1: the movie.
2: She's talking about the score. The, the score, score. The this, soundtrack. It's fantastic. Just oh, listen well. to it. <laughs> it's really, if you wanna, it's meditative. It's really you didn't meditative. You that. You just said add a ghost story. Add a ghost story. It's really meditative.
1: soundtrack. And you can find it on Spotify. Billions. Use-
0: another show I'm looking forward to, actually starts up next Sunday, so I'll probably talk about it next Sunday, is Billions is Season Paul's 3. that Paul's show? Paul Giamatti and um, Damien...
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. The guy who played life. It's
0: a, gr- a fantastic film about the uh, ADA of New York going after a big uh Wall Street type firm. It's just fantastic writing. It's quick. And it's written by Andrew Sorkin. Yeah, so yeah.
1: there's a sequel to um the uh will come to you. Or you can just edit this out.
0: And on that bombshell.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. I was thinking... <laughs> no, the movie I was just talking about that I love. The Big Chill. There's a sequel to The Big Chill. And, uh...
0: is there's, there like three? No. I wouldn't know.
1: I'll come up with it. And okay. it's written by I'm, a kid that is the son of somebody important and I was I so thought, annoyed. I thought it
0: was a series of three. It
1: sucked. No. It's like the new Big Chill. Mm. And it's written by...
0: Well, they just put the the series out, the new series of Big Chill, I believe, is what you are talking. What? About. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Hold we'll on. All right, on that bombshell, we are ending our show. <laughs> rude. Yeah, we're rude about
1: Alex. There it is. About Alex. Okay,
2: Tony, you. where can we find you? I am all over Facebook. I am on Twitter at s m t o r c h i o. Valerie,
1: I am technically on Facebook. Um, but I would not check that as much. I would do Penny sixty four at Twitter on Twitter or Instagram. If you really want to look into my life,
0: if you want to stalk, yeah, don't stalk. It's creepy. It
2: is very creepy. There's
1: no, there's nothing to stalk here.
0: And you can find me pretty much everywhere as gfmedia or at GF Media CEO. You can find us at culturalstew.net or at culturalstew.net on Twitter and culturalstew on Facebook. Catch you next week. See you. The intro and break music is Please Listen Carefully by Jazir, available through the Creative Commons license from Free Music Archive. The outgoing music is provided by Epidemic Sound. Please see our show notes for details on what the outgoing song is and who it is by. And also, as always, if you have a piece of music that you'd like us to play or consider playing, please contact us today. Like what you've heard? Want to continue to hear more? Please consider Patreon. What is Patreon, you ask? Patreon is a content creator support site, a way for people to support the things they love and allow creators to continue creating the content that they love. Please consider heading over to patreon.com slash gfmedia and becoming a Patreon supporter today.